For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. Basketball and Bet Online remains your number one source for all your sports betting needs this season. You'll always get the latest odds, the team matchup information, player news, and game trends at Bet Online. It's your continued source for all sports wagering information. And Bet Online features live betting, free contests, and giveaways all season long. It's the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports and events like the NFL, NBA, NHL, MMA, tennis, boxing, or even golf. BetOnline.ag. BetOnline.ag. Join and get a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Use the promo code BELIEVE to get your rewards. That's B L E A V. Believe. BetOnline, where the game starts. Welcome to the Kingdom of Pod live from Flower Mound, Texas. Brought to you by uh, BetOnline. Big NFL weekend. You might as well. Roll the dice or make a bet on a couple of games. We'll tell you more about that. Uh, but today, let's talk more about Boise State and these transfers that are coming in. It seems like quite a few defensive linemen joining the team. Uh, also, some of the differences in junior college kids and now what the transfer portal may present, some rules that have changed, and even a look back at the Boise State-TCU argument and how TCU got where they were how these two schools were at once, you know, linked with completely different paths. But let's get back to the, I guess, the news of the day are these transfers. And, you know, there's there's reports about a, a kid by the name of Milo Lopez, for example. Let me cut down this glare for you. Uh, Milo Lopez is a junior college transfer. As far as I understand it, he's never been to a four-year school. I don't know what did or didn't happen for him coming out of High school, he's at Cerritos College down in Southern California. He's a Whittier kid, an area I'm familiar with. Uh, so he's a little bit bigger kid at 6'3", 210. So, you know, right away you think, okay, he can play in the box and play closer to the line of scrimmage. Potentially, potentially, he's not proven himself against four-year talent, and that counts. He doesn't have any tape against four-year talent, and that counts. Uh, so we have all those factors to sort of uh, ruminate with. But I do see that that's one of the biggest issues of difference between saying you went into the transfer portal and got a kid out of a junior college versus from another four-year institution, whether it be FCS or FBS school, but I see it as a big difference. And I don't know other than grades, 
I, you know, and maybe some off the field stuff where kids get off track and, and, and literally don't even go to school because of whatever situation. And they go back to junior college, you know, what you're really going to find at the junior college level, other than those kinds of kids who have been given a second chance and have proven themselves to become eligible and move on with their college career. I don't have any slight against them. I just think there's some differences uh, versus the other kids who may have had their off the field life act and schoolroom act together a little earlier. That's it. Uh, there's other factors as well. Kids grow at, at different rates, but I see less risk in taking the kids out of the transfer portal because they've already proven they can get in the classroom and handle practices and go to classes. And, and that stuff counts because for some kids, that's a hang up, especially for some of the kids coming out of junior college. That's not to say uh, Milo Lopez is going to have an issue. He's, um, you know, he's kids going to get a chance to play. I can, I can tell you that we, we all see that uh, there was the corner uh, McCoy that came out of Laney college. You know, Laney's in Northern California. It's produced some Broncos. Uh, it's 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 produced some kids even back when I was playing. That produced some great results. So it'd be interesting to see uh, how that all happened and what he happened. Um, but one kid I think that we should have been a f- familiar with is the kid out of Utah, and Tyler. I'm going to say uh, Wegus is a six six, and now they're listing him. Uh, you know, it depends upon where you where you want to go, but he's gained about 25 pounds, so he may be 6'6", 230. Who knows how much he's going to weigh by the time he gets to uh, Boise State, but he couldn't get on the field at Utah. That's not a crime. You've got to be almost an NFL draft pick type kid to get on the field at Utah playing on the defensive front. Uh, they took him, and Boise State wanted him because of his long frame. I don't think he gained wh- a weight quick enough or I don't think he got strong enough in the weight room fast enough to prove himself in practice against one of the better offensive lines in the country. So there's no shame in that. And I think in his case, he may need some time to come back and get himself put back together. The Harson staff was familiar with him because I'm sure they're the ones that were recruiting him uh, many D-line coaches ago. So I think he is a developmental kid, but he's proven some of these other off-the-field issues. Uh, how quickly he gets on the field for Boise State, you know, Tom will tell. Jabril Frazier may be the perfect guy to put on him. You know, Jabril didn't show up at Boise State as a polished, finished product. He had to gain some weight, and he turned himself into one of the better players in the conference. Uh, they got a kid out of Northern Arizona who I did some research on who transferred over. His name is Sheldon Newton. Now, just because he's 6'4", 315, we, we, sh- we shouldn't just say, oh, he's going to be a great player, be a run stopper, great tradition of big tackles, it'll just take up space. Well, what if he's no good? <laughs> we can't go that far. You know, we have to go a little bit further than that. Uh, we can't just go that far. We have to go further. He played quite a bit at NAU. That's positive. They had a great experience with Tarlis. I personally like the high-achieving FCS player moving up. I personally like the high-achieving lower group of five kid moving up. Biggers, for example, from Bowling Green and moving up to Boise State and competing here because I think they're the better players. I'm, And I think coaches and everybody else are still a little skeptical of the power five kid who couldn't find his way onto the field. Now, there's other circumstances that always come into that, and those coaches weigh those things on when they bring them in. But in the case of Newton, This is a kid who played as a freshman, played as a sophomore. You know, the big sky 
his freshman year, we're, we're playing a limited COVID schedule in the spring, so that was a wacky deal. Uh, he played in all 11 games last year for NAU. He was sort of an anchor guy. I read some articles. He's a quieter kid. He's not going to be one of these vocal leader type dudes. He's got two years to play. If you wanted to put a flag on uh, him to, to understand just how good was he, put it this way. You're 6'4", you're 315, you're an interior defensive lineman, and you played all 11 games at your FCS place, which wasn't that great of a school. So you're in the portal. A lot of people should want you if you are all that in a bag of chips. Texas State and New Mexico State were offering him scholarships along with Boise State. So let's temper the expectations for him because many other coaches across the country took a look at him and Boise state may see something in him that they can develop or that they see others don't, which has happened many times in the past. So again, cautious optimism. It's I, I'm never ready. Just, I'll just pencil him in. He's going to be good or great or somewhere in between. It, it doesn't work that way, but I do like so far what I see that he has been productive on the field and he doesn't seem to be a problem off of it. Uh, Kyvin Wright comes out of Boston College. He's from Manville, Texas, which is south of Houston. He transfers to Boise State with all kinds of eligibility as well. He looked at Boise out of high school. He's another lighter-in-the-box guy at 6'4", 220. He has four years to play. He may have bit off more than he could chew by going as far as going to Boston and Boston College. There were not many FBS schools, uh, Power 5 schools, uh, looking at him, he didn't get many offers there. I also looked up the Boston College roster and found out they only had three kids from Texas. Boise State could have up to 12 or more. Who knows how this all shakes out by the fall of 23. So I think he's going to feel more at home. But he was an ambitious kid who wanted to play Power 5 football. And the guy that recruited him was from Houston, and that was his D-line coach. So he bought into what the guy sold him, and it didn't work out for both parties, for him, for whatever reason. So he went with it. So I look at him as a, a little more of a project, uh, right? Any of these kids could turn out to be All-Americans in NFL draft picks. And they may have done it even at the schools they were at. Uh, but now they're going to have an opportunity to grow and develop at Boise State. And I do think that it's a very proactive move to bring in three new defensive linemen and see if you can't move some mountains with these kids. They had the we already had the wide receiver out of Colorado and Chase Penry. Uh, there were some other rules, um, and I think they got a defensive back too. But I don't want to talk. I just want to talk about those D linemen, the the Wisconsin kid. Uh, there's new rule that has passed that will affect the ability of kids to transfer not once but the second time. I'll tell you about more about that in a second, because that could have some impact uh, really on Boise State. Hey, let me tell you, hey, you know me, and I'm always ready to lose some weight, unfortunately. I, I lost a ton of weight back in 2019. I kept off uh, a lot of it for a couple of years, moved to Texas, things happen, and other priorities come in. I start gaining some weight. Uh, my workouts stay the same. My lifestyle in terms of my sleep and wake and work and workout and tennis and all that stuff gets modified some. So I get off track. And the previous uh, diet provided great opportunities for me to lose weight and keep it off for a while. But it wasn't sustainable, obviously, 
over this long of a period of time. I'm not saying the other diet is bad. I'm just saying I've found full spectrum health now. And I like this because it's much more encompassing and it's something I can wrap my arms around. So I didn't make it comfortable enough. And so here I am and this is how I'm living. It's only been about, oh, it's been about a week and three or four days as I tape this. Go to full-spectrumhealth.com. That's full-spectrumhealth.com. And you're going to see for yourself. Uh, I get up with the sun. I also do some cold plunging. Uh, I have tried applying cold packs per se to spot reduce fat on my body and it's worked. And this is the same concept. It's just a plunge into colder water. There's ways to do it. I live with a jacuzzi outside. It's about 50 degrees. So it's pretty easy for me to get into. I'm telling you that works. And it's a shift to my lifestyle. I stretch now. I work out twice a week. I still play tennis. I eat meat. I eat veggies. Uh, that's always been important to me. So I don't get lightheaded. And I've just cut out a lot of carbs and I get the diet plan. So it's less than 200 bucks to do any of this stuff. Trust me, this is well worth a shot. If you can handle what I just told you, you like that keto lifestyle as well. So get over there, go to full-spectrumhealth.com. That's full-spectrumhealth.com. I'll keep you updated as I continue to lose fat and get going. All right, let me get back to the situation with this transfer uh, rule that's now been changed by the NCAA. And if you've transferred once, no problem. You know, that's not going to change. It's the guys that are transferring for the second time that is coming under scrutiny. Now, who we're talking about here are players who did the freebie one transfer. And before they get their undergraduate degree, they want to transfer again. Now, the NCAA is coming in and saying, if you have not got your undergraduate degree and you want to transfer for the second time, you're going to have to have a couple of notes and burdens of proof that you're going to have to give us. Because what they're ruling out uh, are saying, if you have an injury uh, that prevented you from playing and you want to transfer again, we'll consider that. If you have some mental health issues, we'll consider that and allow you to transfer with immediate eligibility for that second time. So I don't know how this will ultimately affect kids, but I would think the burden of proof is going to be if you haven't got your undergraduate degree, your BA or BS, and you've already done the one freebie transfer and we're immediately eligible and you want to do it again and be immediately eligible, the NCAA is going to say, okay, give me your doctor's note, your trainer, your physical doctor about this injury. I want to see it diagnosed. I want to see it on the record. I want to see the rehab efforts. I want to see the x-rays. I want to see whatever medical proof I need. And you're going to have to provide that. Or number two, this mental health issue. Kids go through a lot. Mothers die. Dads go to jail. There's all kinds of other things. Did that kid go to counselors? Can they get some kind of verification from a psychologist, psychiatrist that this person has come to me with an ailment and this is where we're at and the condition and the environment this person's in isn't conducive to that and they should be allowed to transfer back closer to home or whatever that is. That's going to take some verification. So it's going to be a little harder to get it done the second time around. If you've transferred once for free and then you got your Bachelor of Arts or Bachelor of Science degree, you can transfer again with no penalty and be able to play immediately. So it's only attacking like the JT Daniels of the world, per se. Um, so 
I, I think it has some impact, but um, there's a couple of workarounds if they're legit, but it will stop the kids who are just transferring because they can't get on the field where they are. And that's the majority of reason kids are transferring is they just can't get on the field uh, for a variety of reasons. Uh, kids that transfer away from the, you know, there's a linebacker for USC that played just this last year and he was at Alabama. He couldn't get on the field. Well, there's some all-time All-Americans in front of him. Doesn't mean he's not an all-conference player or a very good player because he is, and he played decently for Southern Cal. So anyway, there are situations where there's still good players that can't get on the field. Another a story that came by I thought was interesting that has implications to Boise State is Kellen Moore not getting into the Hall of Fame. A lot of us thought it was a slam dunk. The announcement was made um, during the national championship, I think actual day of game on the on Monday. You know, it was a Tim Tebow, Reggie Bush clash, a, ca- a class that 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 takes a lot of attention. Uh, Luke Keachley, the linebacker from Boston College, gets in. And sometimes you have to look at the eras that these guys are coming from. And I, I think there was really only one other player that came from that sweet spot of, of Kellen 2008 through 11. Uh, where Kellen was playing because they get backed up, right? They haven't even put Reggie Bush in yet or Tebow. So you would think they're still working their way uh, towards Kellen Moore or, he, you know, he, when he became immediately eligible, he wasn't that much of a slam dunk that he could jump in front of anybody else. So I don't think it's sound the alarms. It's probably the process. Uh, but we're going to have to wait another year uh, to figure all that stuff out. And I just don't think we should all take it for granted that he's going to get in. We should understand the process a little bit more. And I think with COVID and with some challenges, they got backed up. Think about it. If it really came down to Reggie Bush, Tim Tebow, Luke Heasley, or Kellen Moore, you know who's going to get bumped there. We'll get to Kellen. These guys are, are superstars, some of the greatest players in the history of college football. And, you know, Reggie's just had his name cleared. Uh, Tebow. You know, he may be declared the greatest college football player in the history of the sport at at the end of the day. So there's no shame in that. And and Keachley was an absolute freak of nature in in how he played the linebacker position, certainly his time in the pros and all that. So no shame there, but a little surprising. And I, I would like to see that get cleaned up. Maybe next national championship Monday. A day game, a day of game, we'll find out who's going to get to go to Las Vegas. And Kellen can go in in like, I think it's December of 2023. And the other story that came out after the national championship game was, you know, how did TCU get where they are? And why did they pass Boise State? There's a lot of history with these two schools. They've played four times. Yes. Fort Worth Bowl, Poinsettia Bowl, uh, Fiesta Bowl, and then that home game loss in 2011 at Albertson Stadium. It's a two and two series, but these are all recent past games that we're familiar with, specifically the Fiesta Bowl, uh, the Poinsettia Bowl, and the home game loss in 2011. And TCU had been a Southwest Conference school. They had been with the big boys before, and they kind of got spit out. They could not win football games for a lot of their history, and they were voted into the Big 12 in 2011. In the first time the Big 12 had expanded uh, since 1996 when they were formed. Texas A&M had taken off to the SEC. There were threats of Missouri uh, that were going to follow Texas A&M the next month, and that's exactly what happened. So 
when the Big 12 looked at it, they could have had Louisville, BYU, or Air Force, and they took TCU to come back. Uh, TCU jump uh, jumps. So 30 days later, uh, Missouri follows them, and there, 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 there you have it. You've got Missouri now in the SEC. Excuse me, Texas and Texas A&M in the SEC. TCU leaves uh, the Mountain West, and you know, no brainer. West Virginia leaves the crumbling Big East at that time. How life would have been different for Boise State had that whole Big East experiment worked out? It feels like to me every time Boise State makes a conference jump, other schools are going ahead of them to bigger conferences, and things just kind of stay the same. And at the end of the day, when Dr. Kustra pulled out of the Big East Conference, it had boiled down to a Western division of the Big East of Boise State, Houston, Memphis, San Diego State, SMU, and Temple, and then a Big East East division of UCF, Cincinnati, UConn, Louisville, Rutgers, and South Florida. Well, Louisville and Rutgers blew that up. They hit the road, and Boise State finally says, we've had enough to. Uh, you know, remember, one time you had Pitt in there and West Virginia and Louisville. Yeah, it's a big-time schools. And, and and it looked like a very, very attractive proposition. It quickly crumbled. Boise State pulls out of that. Um, and I think the bottom line is why TCU is where they're at. They have a ton of money as a private school. They can get things done that way. When they wanted to expand their stadium, they just did it. Okay, They did some fundraising, of course, but they knew who to go to, and they had the kind of dough to get that done, and they – uh, remodeled and made that place pretty pretty sweet. They had one coach as well, Gary Patterson, like a Chris Peterson type, oddly enough, both from UC Davis, who stuck with them through that whole time period as well. And they lived with what he couldn't do well, and they reveled in what he did do well, and they gave him time to figure out the rest. And he did. He's got a statue on that campus. I think that's another reason TCU's there. They're in a thriving market, a huge media market. I think number four in the country in Dallas-Fort Worth. Do they own Dallas-Fort Worth? No. You could argue that AM and Texas uh, and even Oklahoma, to some degree, have a pretty good share of it. But when it comes to the Dallas-Fort Worth market specifically, outside of the interest in these other schools, you know, TCU's ahead of SMU, so they at least have that. And the Big 12's looking at, TCU, like, well, they'll bring in Texas, they'll bring in Oklahoma, they'll they'll bring in Baylor and and Tech, and those are the schools that the DFW market likes to see. A lot of these people here are graduates of those schools, live here and love those schools, and follow them quite closely. So it made a lot of sense for TCU to get that opportunity to go back. They had the private funds, then they started getting the money from the Big 12. But I don't think it's fair to say that without the Big 12's money, TCU would not have gotten to where uh, they wanted to be because they have got a private school mentality and a ton of dough that way too. That's a big departure from Boise State. They had a history of being a Division I FBS school. Boise State certainly didn't have that, you know, as, as recently as the mid-60s as a junior college. So those are big differences. Uh, excuse me. Uh, could Boise State do some things from here on out to maybe make themselves more attractive in a marketing sense to get themselves in a power five league. Yes. Uh, do they need more cooperation from the school and the state? Yes. Or from private funds? Certainly. Uh, 
Uh, I was just thinking out loud if they gave up a home game a year and went more regional with it, you know, and I'm thinking of Sacramento or uh, Portland, uh, Frisco, Texas, where they just flirt with having their own sort of kickoff classics where they go to somewhat neutral games where they have a great base. They know where their TV ratings are coming from and their recruiting territories are coming from. And maybe they give up a home game a year. You know, a lot of teams like, well, say Arkansas, you know, they play in Little Rock and Fayetteville. It's not always popular. I think Alabama uh, used to play a game every year in Birmingham, not have everything uh, there in Tuscaloosa. So things change. They've been there before. They've done that kind of stuff before other schools. And I'm just looking at some out-of-the-box stuff. Now, of course, if you give up the revenue, the ticket sales from a home game a year, you're going to have a a deficit to make up. That's where you need the support of your president or your state or both to make up that difference and then show them maybe what you can do in enrollment by being in, uh, in Portland or Sacramento or Frisco with a huge presence pumping enrollment pumping come to our school gee look at us i know it it's it, it may not happen you can go down the line or whatever but it's a possibility to do something different to perhaps grow the boise state brand well i have grown the kingdom of pot here i hope you uh, have enjoyed this particular edition i am trying to put out more frequent editions and even flirting with a three to five day format getting closer into 30-minute commentaries, which are a lot of words, man. And uh, please let me know what you think about all that. And thank you for joining me here on the Kingdom of Pot. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.